0: Bye. Desert. I'm Danielle Avary here at the South Point Sportsbook V Sin Studio with Matt Humans and Lou Fenacarlo on this Friday. Of course, we have UFC going on this weekend, so thank goodness we have Lou in to talk to us about this UFC 262. Let's look at this main card here, Lou. Starting with the lightweight main event, Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler. What do you think?
1: I think we're going to see witness really an excellent fight. We're going to find uh A stylistic matchup that's going to be really pleasing. Chandler is a short, stocky wrestler, kind of unrelenting pressure wrestler. That's exactly right. And he's going to bring the fight directly to Charles Oliveira. In his career, he's had 17 first round stoppages. Excuse me, he's had 17 stoppages. Wow. 13 of which have been in the first round. It's going to be mandatory for the taller, longer, maybe more well-rounded fighter in Oliveira to be able to get out of that first round with Chandler and begin to tire him out in order to gain advantage?
0: So you like Oliveira a little bit more in this one?
1: I do like Oliveira in the fight uh, based on his physical his physical attributes. Uh, his body of work in the UFC, Chandler, has fought great competition, just not UFC competition. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, uh, the physical attributes of Oliveira, his well-rounded fight game, and body of work.
0: All right, what about the other co-main event here? Benil Dariush at minus 170 versus Tony Ferguson, plus 145.
1: This is a, 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 going to be a fascinating fight as well. A year ago, Tony Ferguson was at the top of the lightweight division. going to fight Gaethje, and with a win there, he was going to fight a mega fight against Khabib Nurmagomedov. Unfortunately for uh, Ferguson, he got the brakes beat out of him by Gaethje, and his career hasn't been the same since. However, in this fight, I I sense uh, the public and the market maybe losing a little faith in Tony and fading him. Uh, Dariush was very late to the scale, It took him three times to make the weight. He looked a little bit drawn to me. And so Tony Ferguson may have a little bit more pop tomorrow than uh, what I originally thought.
0: All right, what about the bantamweight? Matt Schnell versus Rogerio Bontorin. Schnell the favorite here at minus 160, Bontorin plus 135.
1: Yeah, this is another case. Bontorin missed weight and weighed in at 137. And many fighters will cheat and miss weight early and make it clear that they're trying to gain advantage for the fight. In this particular matchup, Bontorin used all two hours to try and make the weight, couldn't do it. He just fought about three or four weeks ago. And I think it was maybe a dubious decision on his part to take the fight so soon after a loss. He's fighting a kid that's a local Houston fighter that's gonna have a bunch of crowd on his uh, side, as well as I think a better uh, arsenal of mixed martial arts uh, output.
0: How much does the crowd influence this now that we're having crowds back at these events?
1: You know, that's a great question, and I think the answer is going to be quite a bit. Mm -hmm. The fighters, just with a few thousand people in the uh, stadiums at uh, Fight Island, and then most recently in Florida to the packed house, could not get over how loud it was and how exciting it is for them to fight in front of the crowd.
0: Let's move on to the women's flyweight here. Tukagian minus 135 versus Vivian Arahu at plus 115.
1: Yeah, Vivian Arahu is a Brazilian fighter who must clinch onto her opponent, take her to the ground in order to have success. And Chukagian is a very tall, long, lanky striker. Not much power, but she'll stand on the outside and pick and peck opponents apart. In this fight, the total over 2.5 is minus 400 and change. Mm -hmm. So they look for a decision here, as do I. And knowing it's going to a decision, I think Chukagian, you can transfer her from maybe minus 130 or minus 140 favorite, and by taking her via decision, turn her into plus 100.
0: And for the featherweight, let's get that in real quick. Of course, we'll break these down a little bit more as the show goes on, but just a quick look at Shane Burgos minus 148 versus Edson Barboza at plus 120.
1: Yeah, Barboza is uh, precision and technique, and Burgos is wild and crazy and brutality, and I think bru- uh, uh, Burgos is where I'm going to lean on that one.
0: Now when you look at these fights, I know sometimes people like to take a parlay on any of these fights. Anything that you would recommend for these fights specifically? Uh,
1: there'll be a there'll be a favorite or two that we might look at for a parlay, more likely Oliveira.
0: All right, so Oliveira, that of course the main event in the lightweight, sitting at minus 135 right now and then Michael Chandler on the other side at plus 115. We're going to go even deeper into each of these fights and more in this hour, so stick with us right here on My Guys in the Desert. to my guys in the desert happy friday i'm danielle alvari here at the vston studio inside the south point sportsbook with matt humans and lou Finacaro. some great guests coming up as well we have Sirius xm nba radio host mitch lawrence we'll also have south point race and sportsbook director chris andrews and later on in the second hour we'll have risk supervisor and ufc odds maker for circus sports nick kalikas
2: Yes, Danielle, and it's uh, it's close, close enough. Kalikas <laughs> uh, will join us from Circus Sports at the end of the show today. And uh, Gam Blue, Lou akaru you have your Ph.D. in MMA handicapping, correct?
1: Well, on some days people would agree, and on some days they may not, man. All
2: right, so UFC 262 in Houston. Fans are going to be uh, packing the arena, and how m- how much difference is that going to be, you think, from a viewer perspective? I don't think it really impacts the handicapping uh, when you're looking at uh, uh, the fights and the matchups one-on-one, but it's going to be, I think, better for the viewers and everybody in general to have a full arena. And uh, the enthusiasm, the excitement's going to be off the charts for this one.
1: I, I, I totally agree, and, and surely for the fans watching. And and I would say uh, it's it's like the road mentality for teams, i think the fighter that goes to houston where the fans are against him draws energy from that as well the fighters who happen to live in houston schnell for one and charles oliviera who's a brazilian who is now living in houston i think there'll be some advantage for them with the crowd and their people there that said there's all there's also distraction for people wanting tickets and you know, uh, all kinds of distractions because you're there and they want uh, access to the fights. They want their sister to get in. And so it can cut both ways.
2: All right. Follow him on Twitter at Gamlu Lou Finnecaro, one of the best when it comes to handicapping the UFC. And Nick Kalikas from uh, Circus Sports is going to join us at the end of the show today to uh, help break down the fights as well. And, uh, Lou, I'm not sure where we're going to watch the fights Saturday night. Uh, I was talking to Randy McKay, who's – in town, and uh, we're going to go out and watch UFC somewhere, maybe at Circa, maybe at the D, uh, but we'll get that figured out.
1: I'm not worried about that. Uh, <laughs> I, I have it on the computer, so if worse comes to worse, uh, we can all gather around a uh, small card table somewhere and uh, knock them down. I'll be honest with you, Matt. This is an unbelievable card, and I'm having a hard time keeping myself down to six releases, to be honest.
2: Well, the good thing is, we're going to get your best bets. Uh, between now and the end of the show today, and uh, we're going to break down pretty much every fight. Pretty many, <laughs> break down pretty much every fight on the card, and we're going to talk NBA. Hopefully, here in a couple minutes with uh, Mitch Lawrence of SiriusXM NBA and Mad Dog Radio. Uh, Mitch is going to help us uh, take a look at tonight's eight game card and the final weekend of the regular season, with the uh, play in tournament right around the corner, Lou, and also the Stanley Cup playoffs on deck and i know you love the hockey postseason i do too but you obviously are much more into it
1: yeah as a little as a little boy watching uh bobby oran the boston bruins and the canadians with my dad uh sunday afternoons i got hooked on the sport and uh not only do i love the level of intensity that the playoffs brings but i have such a respect and admiration for these young players that uh, compete in this game uh heart grit soul dedication and commitment to to team it's just something that uh, i really uh, i really enjoy
2: chris andrews south point sportsbook director will join us to our kickoff hour number two we're going to talk nfl college football and a little bit more with uh, chris but he put the hockey prices up today here at the south point and uh the series price for the vegas golden knights is a big one, Lou. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights minus uh, 260 over the Minnesota Wild in the first round. Do you think that price is right? Because the Wild have kind of been the uh, Knights' nemesis.
1: If we look just at the series this year between those two, that number does seem off. However, when I look at the metrics of the Golden Knights and I figure that the... uh, Hockey playoff season is its own season. At that point in time is when I really realize that I think the Knights are as complete a team as there is in this tournament. And I think they're in a good position. And And I do agree okay. with the Knights being a 250 or so favorite in this series.
2: All right. We'll talk more hockey with Lou later in the show. Let's get to Mitch Lawrence, SiriusXM XM, NBA, Mad Dog Radio. At Mitch underscore Lawrence. Mitch, thanks for jumping on today. And it's uh, the final weekend of the NBA regular season. And Friday night looks a little bit wild on the card. Eight games. Six of those games feature favorites of eight and a half points or more. What are we looking at here? What jumps out to you in the final weekend of the NBA season?
3: Well, what jumps out to me is obviously the seeding, right? In the East, who's going to finish four versus five? Who's going to stay out of that Milwaukee Nets bracket is a six seed. Right now, the Knicks are in a bad position because they'd be playing Milwaukee, and then if they were to somehow get the pass past the Bucks without home court, they'd be looking at a Brooklyn setup. Whereas in the first round, they have a winnable series that they can somehow get the five against Atlanta. They swept Atlanta in the regular season and then they can move on to play Philadelphia. So it's all about seeding. That's what we know. We'll see what the Lakers do here, if they can avoid. It looks like they're going to be in a playing game which everybody's going to... By the way, that's the only playoff game worth a darn. The Lakers and Golden State. I don't want to see any of these other playoff uh, play-in games. It's a waste of my time. And for all these fans, we're clamoring for them. Guys, you've lowered your standards. Years ago, NBA fans would have said, my team's in a playoff game. That's okay. We'll pass. We'll come back next year.
2: Uh, you know, I think the second half of this NBA season's kind of lowered the standards for the league too. You've had a lot of stars sitting yeah. out night in, night oh, in, yeah. night out. You just don't know who's going to be on the floor. So that's why I don't have a big problem with the play-in tournament because I think the second half of the season's been a complete mess. I think everything's been a yeah. mess with the NBA recently. Would you agree or disagree with that?
3: Yes. No. No, I agree. Look. When at any time LeBron James, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid missed significant parts of the season. Those are the, what, five top players? Giannis Antetokounmpo, two-time MVP. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's a problem. The 72 games was way too much, obviously, for these players off the quick turnaround. The COVID was a huge deal. Then you had players who looked like they just didn't give a you-know-what. Right. Kevin loved, to me epitomized this whole thing with that stupid when he slapped the ball inbounds and gave up on a play which led to a basket, that to me epitomized the NBA this season where a lot of players just don't give to you-know-what, and it's just a disservice to everybody who built the league. I mean, the player, a lot of players have handled this thing atrociously. Guys are taking up too much time. They're still getting paid, but I'm telling you, it's a bad year for the NBA, bad luck.
2: Yeah, I've been a big NBA fan over the years going back to the 80s, Mitch, but this season's been tougher than ever for me to watch. And uh, I, it's a combination of factors that go into that. You were just talking about Kevin Love, and you've seen a lack of effort by a lot of players this season. Uh, but let's talk about something different and something positive from uh, your perspective, uh, from a New York perspective. The Knicks are going to be the number six, so it looks like the uh, five or six seed in the East are in the playoffs for the first time since 2000. 13 Julius Randle is one of those guys who brings it every night. I've loved him since he came out of Kentucky. He's uh he's a high motor, high energy player and uh, Randle has been uh, probably the most improved player in the NBA, a lot of people say. I've always thought he's he's had this game. What do you uh what do you think the ceiling is for the Knicks in the Eastern Conference playoffs?
3: Well, I think if they win around, that'd be tremendous. They could win around against Atlanta. Uh, you know, can they beat Milwaukee? That is going to be very tough sledding. That's why they want to get in that four or five situation. By the way, they swept the Hawks in the re- regular season. Yep. I just don't know if the Knicks can win more than than one round. I picked them to be a playing team, finishing seventh or eighth. So right now they've exceeded my expectations. And you're right. Knicks fans love that Julius Randle will be the most improved player. You're right. He's brought it every night. You know, the problem for Julius Randle is another guy in the Knicks is there's no playoff experience you got guys like you know Derek rose who's been in the playoffs but the knicks are very short on playoff experience that's why if they have to play miami for some reason in the first round let's say or even milwaukee they you know tom thibodeau knows that he's going to be at a disadvantage in terms of having a lot of players in his main rotation key guys who have any kind of playoff experience and that could come back to bite them but hey it's the first step for the knicks here as they try to get back to some credibility after so many years of being irrelevant.
2: No question about it. Now you look at the, uh, I know you hate to play in tournament, but let's take a quick look at it in the East because the Boston Celtics have been a, an annoying team to watch this year. And Jalen Brown. They're a disaster. Yeah, Jalen Brown's gone now too. So you got the Celtics, Hornets, Pacers, and Wizards in the play in, it looks like in the uh, East. Is there anything there that interests you at all?
3: Well, yeah, it does interest me just from the standpoint of like a team like a Charlotte with LaMelo ball, Michael Jordan finally hits it in the, in the, in the draft, right? He finally gets a player. He looks like he can build around too bad. They don't have Gordon Hayward. I would love to see Charlotte. I'll be rooting for Charlotte, but Charlotte, Boston, I'd love to see Charlotte beat Boston. Uh, and then you have Russell Westbrook too bad. Bradley Beal will probably be limited and compromised by his injury. When they get, uh, you know, they start the plans. The big, you know, obviously the the only game that really matters to me is Golden State and the Lakers. We all like to see that. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's one game I'm interested in because we'll see how, how much LeBron is impacted by this ankle. You want to see if Steph Curry can shoot down the defending champs. That game has a lot of juice. Memphis, San Antonio, I can't sign up for that. Sorry. I like what Memphis has done. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, you know, come on, the Spurs. I'm used to the Spurs competing for titles, not for going for playing games at this point.
2: No, I hear you. But you know what? The uh, the betting interest, the fan interest, just uh, the media interest in general in uh, the Lakers and Golden State, I think is going to be tremendous. Hey, let's uh, take, take a quick look at tonight's card. Cavs and Wizards in D.C. and the Wizards' nine-point favorites. And uh, you would think a Cavs team at this point as uh, – has kind of packed up and quit on the season, but yeah. Uh, what about the Wizards laying that number tonight? I, I would assume you have to lay it or pass, right? Because the Wizards have a have incentive to show up, and that's the opposite of uh, opposite situation the Cavs are in now.
3: Yeah, this is a dangerous weekend because, like you said, teams like Cleveland, teams like Houston, teams like Orlando you know, the Detroit for the world, why do they want to win at this point? Don't you want to and especially like a Minnesota which could be giving up a top pick to Golden State. Mm-hmm. You're nuts if you're in a situation where a draft pick hinges on where you finish in a lottery. You got to be crazy. You got to be absolutely nuts to try to win these games. This is the weekend for tanking. I know <laughs> tanking's a bad word, but let's let, let's let's call it losing with a purpose. There are purposes there for those teams. So, you know what? We'll see what the Wizards do. I don't, you know, 9 points is still a big line whatever. But it's not impossible, especially if Cleveland goes in there with the correct attitude of trying to lose.
2: Uh, yeah, you got to call it like it is. And I, I'm not uh, crazy about laying that type of number either, but why would the Cavs even show up? Uh, Mitch Lawrence with us at Sirius, XM NBA and uh, Mad Dog Radio. You can hear him. And uh, Mitch, also tonight, the Utah Jazz, 15-point favorites. All the money's on the Utah side. This lines up a couple yeah. points. Jazz at OKC, and the OKC Thunder have lost, what, 20 of uh, 21 in the past 22 games, and the Jazz have a yeah. one-game lead atop the Western Conference.
3: It is amazing, that Didn't the Thunder a couple weeks ago have, like, a 67-point lead against the Pacers? Yeah. It's just, like, almost impossible for these teams that are right. trying to tank to do that. That's how bad Indiana was uh, that night. You know, the, the, the thing about Utah, and I don't know how it's going to play out in this game in terms of a line or whatever, but I'm just worried about how, you know, what happens when Donovan Mitchell finally comes back along with Mike Conley? Can they re, re, regain that form where they won, what, 22 or 24? I know it was a long time ago back in the winter, but they were clearly the best team. Or are they going to be this jazz team that we, you know, that we saw last year that collapsed after leading three to one? As for tonight, there's no incentive at all for the Thunder to play. We all know that Sam Presti is going about it. He he's the king of the tankers. He wants to you know get as many great picks as he can. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Jazz rolled in this one.
2: Yeah, Pacers beat the uh, OKC Thunder on May first. Largest home loss in NBA history: one fifty-two to ninety-five. And it's not even really a good Pacers uh, team. No. 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 About the Pelicans and uh, the Warriors tonight, and uh, we've seen this number go down. Who's who's missing? Who's sitting out tonight for Golden State? Mitch, this is down to a, a pick him in a lot of spots, and an yeah. open Golden State minus five.
3: I don't know. We're going to have to track that. I mean, here's the great thing: David Griffin, the who you know heads the basketball ops, where the Pelican goes nuts last week about how Zion Williamson is being you know picked on, and there's violence in the paint, and there's all kinds of these egregious acts being. The clay, you know, being the teams are carrying out. He's talking like it's the 1980s, back when there was violence and the pain in the NBA. And Zion never mentions that Zion Williamson, of course, gets to the line just about as much as anybody in the league. I think he's fourth overall in attempts. So you know, Stan Van he's had to go without him and had to go without Brandon Ingram, um, Warrior. And, and and how bad is this? The, the plan was basically designed for guys like Zion Williams, especially for him and his team, and he's going to be 0 for 2 in that. <laughs> I don't know the deal with Golden State at this point. Steph Curry still has a lot to play for. I'm sure he wants to win that second scoring title. We all think he's the greatest shooter here I've ever lived. It's amazing. He only has one scoring title to his credit. That was back in 16 when he was a unanimous MVP. So I expect he'll come out tonight firing firing away, and getting ready for that playing game against the Lakers.
2: Yeah, that's a pick'em game right now. Pelicans and Warriors tonight, total 221 and a half Mitch, if uh, LeBron and AD are fully healthy, uh, last question for you. If those guys are fully healthy, who do you make the favorite to come out of the West? The Lakers. Still they are the favorites. If
3: okay. they are, you're talking about if they are fully healthy yes. and LeBron is not com- compromised or diminished and AD is okay, nobody in the West will touch them.
2: All right, Matt, Mitch underscore Lawrence. Mitch, always appreciate the time to talk to NBA, man. Great catching up with you. Hey, thanks for having me on. Talk to you later. All right, thank you. Mitch Lawrence, SiriusXM, NBA, and uh, Mad Dog Radio, and Lou, I know you're more fired up about the hockey playoffs than the NBA, but uh, it's great that we have them both on deck next week.
1: I totally agree, and I love uh, Mitch Lawrence's approach. I mean, he's talking straight right at us and no beating around the bush. That was a great interview.
2: That's how you handicap the UFC. We you hope. and I are going to talk NFL betting next. We're going to look at NFL Week 1 and our best bets. Coming up here in a minute on uh, My Guys in the Desert, this is v the Sports Betting Network.
0: studio at the south point casino make sure you check out oddstrader.com and download the free oddstrader app right now so you can start winning with the up to the second info you need now let's get back to my guys in the desert with matt humans and lou finnecaro all
2: right Lou, see how much you're paying attention here Uh, where are we right now
1: we're in the south point uh hotel and casino at the -the state-of-the-art v-sin uh studios
2: the studio at the South Point Hotel Casino with Lou Fenicaro, Matt Eumann's right. Danielle Alvari for My Guys in the Desert. Coming up later, Chris Andrews, the South Point Sportsbook Director, and Nick Kalikas from Circus Sports, who's one of the sharpest UFC odds makers in the world. Let's get to NFL week one. The schedule's out this week, Lou. And, uh, the numbers were out immediately when the schedule leaks came out on a Wednesday morning, and we've got a chance here now for a few days to analyze these and come up with a few best bets. And I will tell you, I've got three best bets here, and only one of them I have bet so far because I think that's uh, the number is at the, the, the best spot we're going to get. The other two games I'm going to hold on because I think we might be able to catch a little bit better number. So uh, the week one lines – NFL regular season in September. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Steelers plus six and a half over the Bills. Washington football team plus one and a half over the Chargers. And Raiders plus five over the Ravens. Now the only game of those three I have bet, as of right now, is Raiders plus five over Ravens. Because I I think that might be the best number we get between now and that opening Monday night game in Las Vegas. Uh, I made the number in that three and a half. And uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm to gonna take the value with the five and the home dog on that Monday night. And if you think about that game, Lou, you, you're a dog player like I am. I play mostly dogs in the NFL, probably 80%. And uh, the atmosphere is going to be off the hook. It's going to be electric at Allegiant Stadium that night. I do think that, you know, if you look at the Raiders last season, they were a play away from sweeping the Kansas City Chiefs. The Raiders are not that bad. I think this line uh, that opened five, five-and-a-half – I saw one spot put up six. That's mostly on public perception that, hey, the Raiders stink and the Ravens are going to be one of the best teams in the AFC. I don't think this Baltimore defense is what it used to be. Now, can the the Raiders' defense control Lamar Jackson? Probably not. I would think it's going to be a high-scoring game. But the Raiders can put up points. Uh, I like them in the home dog role, and I took the five. Now, as far as the other two games, Steelers plus six-and-a-half against the Bills and Washington plus one-and-a-half over the Chargers – I'll I'll be on those sides, I'm pretty sure, but I'm not going to bet them yet, and here's why. I think that Steelers line might go to seven. A lot of people disrespecting the Steelers. There's a lot of hype around the Buffalo Bills, so why take six and a half if there's a chance you can get seven out there? we got four months between now and week one kickoff. Also, the Washington football team. I like this play a lot, as you do, as you do as well. But we might be able to get two, two and a half. Who knows? The public... The betting public is going to love the Chargers in this game. There's a lot of, and I you know, I like the Chargers in the big picture too. But this is an early start on the East Coast and uh, I think Washington's going to be a live dog here with Fitzmagic at quarterback, but uh, I don't think one and a half is necessarily the best number we're going to be able to get. So I'm going to hold off here and uh, see if I can get a better number with the Steelers and Washington.
1: And and you said it, uh, Matt. You know we have four months. I tend to be very very conservative because I am after closing line value, and I think it makes terrific sense what you say. If if you think that number for uh, the the uh, Raiders is good now, take it. Uh, my best bet, Washington, on the money line over the Chargers for much of the same reasons uh, that you mentioned, Ron Rivera in his sophomore season. They made some great draft moves, but. Mm-hmm. They're not done completing their team, nor are the other 31 teams done putting the finishing touches on their team. So I usually take these four months to study the schedule, study what the team how the team views itself because at the end of the draft we have a template for how that team views itself by who they chose so my study for the nfl will be ongoing until the end of july and i'll get a little bit more active as far as actually pulling the trigger trigger on future bets or week one positions as we get closer to august
2: That's true. I'm going to spend a little bit more time analyzing the season win totals and things like that this weekend, too, but I haven't made any of those plays yet. But I did play the Raiders plus five, and uh, there's still two spots in Vegas that have had that. As of this morning, Station Casino is being one, but most books dropped to four, four and a half. So I did grab the five with the Raiders on the uh, opening Monday night in Las Vegas. Lou, we got a lot to talk about. We got baseball, UFC. Do you have a Preakness play? Your buddy Rossi's here, and he's a great horse player. Did he, did he give you a Preakness play yet? He,
1: he did, and I will disclose that a little later.
2: We'll get to that and uh, UFC 262 handicapping as well as baseball tonight. All that next here on My Guys in the Desert.
0: VEASAN has everything you need to get a betting edge. Visit VEASAN.com horses to find our full race coverage and picks from horse racing specialists, plus get a special offer from our partners at First Bet. First Bet is giving $20 in free bets for all new users who sign up now using the promo code VEGAS20. Also, everyone who redeems this $20 free bet offer will receive full access to VEASAN subscription products for free from now through the Belmont Stakes. Sign up now and you'll get analysis and wagering on every race with AI-assisted picks, secure payments, attentive customer service, and a reliable website. Go to vcin.com slash horses now for this special offer and expert analysis on the Preakness. That's vcin.com slash horses. Now back to My Guys in the Desert with Matt Humans and Lou Finicaro. All
2: right, that's vcin.com slash horses. And in the next segment, Lou Finicaro gives us his best bet for the Preakness in addition to handicapping UFC 262. a uh, On the baseball betting, the New York Mets have a seven-game win streak. And uh, the Mets, 15-2 and when scoring at least four runs this season. The bad news, I don't think they're going to get more uh, than four or four or more tonight against Tyler Glasnow and the Rays. Tampa Bay minus 156 at Circa. Total of six and a half tonight at the Trop. And Lou, I think this this is where the uh, Mets win streak uh, comes to a stop. Tyler Glasnow striking out 39.5% of the batters he's faced this season. That's the third-highest strikeout rate by a starter in MLB. Jacob deGrom, number one, at 46%, and Garrett Cole, number two, at 41%. The Rays off a win over the Yankees uh, I like tonight at minus 156. But that's right there on uh, the highest threshold that I will bet a favorite in baseball. I don't like to bet anything at minus 150 or higher. uh, But the Rays look like a play to me. Uh, tonight at minus one fifty six. If you want to throw it on a parlay, I'm not crazy about laying that price, but I do like to raise to beat the uh, Mets, Yankees, and Corey Kluber in Baltimore against the uh, Orioles and the Yankees. Uh, one, two of three at the Trop. Lost the final game, and uh, they've been handcuffed a little bit by COVID restrictions this week. And Clayburn uh, Torres, one of the, one of the guys out of the lineup, but Corey Kluber gets to start tonight against Dean Kramer. Kluber and the Yankees, minus 180 on the road. And uh, the Yankees, 15-7 and seven in their past 22 games. I would say the second best record in baseball uh, since April 20th. Corey Kluber, 2-1 and one with a 180 ERA in his past four starts. So Kluber's in really good form here. Tw- five earned runs over his past 25 innings pitched. The Baltimore Orioles, 5-13 and 13 at home this season. And Dean Kramer, 0-3 with a 623 ERA and six starts. So you can see why that Yankees price is jacked up there to around uh, 175, 180. Uh, No surprise. Here's here's an interesting game at Fenway Park tonight. The Angels and Red Sox, Griffin Canning against Nick Pavetta. And uh, Pavetta, uh, the favorite, minus 120 against Canning. And typically I I would look to play the Red Sox in this spot. And this is one I thought about playing today. But Griffin Canning has – Really turned things around in uh, April, excuse me, in May. In April, he had an ERA of 840. In May, in two starts, 2-0 with a 0.82 ERA. So Griffin Canning's been a lot better. Not only that, Anthony Rendon, third baseman, eligible to be activated from the injured list today. So looks like he's going to be back tonight. Nick Pavetta, 5-0 this season, 7-0 in his career with the Red Sox. This is not the same pitcher we saw in Philadelphia. Pavetta was 19-30 and in his career with the Phillies off to a uh, nice start with Boston. I thought about playing the Red Sox minus 120, but with Griffin Canning in better form and Anthony Rendon back in the lineup, i will probably pass on that game tonight. Lou, is there anything that uh, you played in baseball tonight?
1: Not a big baseball guy. I I would say, though, honestly, with all the uh, love Boston's getting, to me, I I would maybe – Stick my neck out with the Angels and give them a try.
2: Well, with uh, Griffith, like I said, with uh, canning in better form and uh, Rendome back, I, you can make a pretty good case for the Angels tonight. That's why I said I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on, uh, on that one. I will go to uh, Oakland and Minnesota. Frankie Montas and Matt Shoemaker. This is essentially a pick 'em game total of uh, eight and a half or nine at Minnesota tonight. And uh, the A's are 10 and five on the road. Only the Red Sox have a better record on the road. The A's are 3 and 0 against the Twins this season. Frankie Montas though allowed three homers in his uh, start against the Twins on April 21st. Minnesota Twins have dropped seven of their past eight games, 12 and 23. Might be the biggest disappointment in baseball. A lot of people thought the Twins I'm not going to say favored to win that division, but uh, a lot of people felt like the Twins were the best team and uh, we're going to win that division right now. Nine, excuse me, eleven games under 500 at 12 and 23. The Minnesota Twins.
1: Yeah, I think most people would have thought, Matt, that it, Kansas City would have had the 12 and 23, and the Twins would have the Kansas City's record. But it doesn't. It doesn't look like that's how it's shaken out. But we're only a quarter of the way in, and a lot can still happen. I, I do look for Kansas City, maybe to settle down. I'm not so sure that Minnesota can pick it up.
2: Well, there's a doubleheader on the south side of Chicago today: Royals and White Sox. And uh, our producer Matt Everett's on the Royals in the first game, and uh, he's in good shape here. It just went final. KC six-two over the White Sox, and uh, that was a nice price you got on uh KC Brad Keller against Lucas Giolito, plus one seventy-five. The best price out there, I think, in the market on the dog today: one seventy-five, one eighty. And uh, KC gets the cash as a dog in the first game of the doubleheader, and they knock around cool hand Lucas Giolito. So the Royals uh, stop an 11-game losing streak. And I know that's that means something to you as a guy from Omaha, Nebraska.
1: Well, we, that's those are the games we would go to. And I can tell you right now, uh, Jimbo's bar right across the street from New Comiskey is jumping right now in between a doubleheader, and I wish I was there. Uh, imbibing with those people right now. Uh, you know, look, the White Sox look to be the team there, but I think of all the preseason favorites, the White Sox could be the most susceptible, and, and perhaps the Royals or or maybe Cleveland in that division can sneak up on them.
2: All right, look at a game on the West Coast tonight, and it's uh, we're going to start with Cardinals and Padres at Petco Park in San Diego. Joe Musgrove is going to go for the Padres at minus 177 at Circa, as high as 190 at DraftKings. And uh, Musgrove has allowed four or more runs in uh, back-to-back starts. Obviously, uh, he was hot when he threw the no-hitter for the Padres, their first ever no-hitter, but hasn't been that good since. Fernando Tatis Jr. placed on the uh, injured list May 11th uh, a few days ago for COVID reasons. So... Uh, that's a lineup without Tatis. Still big favorites tonight against the Cardinals. And if anything, I'd probably look at the dog there. That's a dog or pass game for me tonight with uh, the Cards getting plus 160 or so. We'll talk about the Marlins, Dodgers, and a lot more. But up next, Blue's best bet on the Preakness and uh, an inside look at UFC 262.
0: the oddstrader.com studio at the south point casino make sure you check out oddstrader.com and download the free oddstrader app right now so you can start winning with the up to the second info you need now let's get back to my guys in the desert with matt humans and lou Finicaro. all
2: right we had brent musburger in studio on uh, thursday talking about the uh, preakness as well as the nfl obviously and uh, brent's a big horse racing uh, guy you can go to com vcin.com or com slash horses and find his column up there on how he thinks the Preakness is going to unfold this week at Baltimore. Lou, your, your buddy Rossi out here is a very sharp horse handicapper. He gave you a winner right off the bat yesterday when we got here at the South Point. So, has he helped you out with the Preakness? What do you expect to play here on Saturday? He
1: reads a horse form like I read a Wendy's menu. That's how good he is at the horses, Matthew. Uh, I'll, I'll give you two. First of all, the Black Eyed Susans, just they're marching to the post parade right now. Army wife is a tip that I've received uh not from Larry, uh, but from another resource very trusted. As far as tomorrow's preakness is concerned, uh, Larry did give me an and I will disclose we came here yesterday. He he looked at a couple of horses, said it's the number four, taught me how to bet it. I bet a win picket and then I instead of betting to place, I put it in second place in an exacta. So you okay. put twenty dollars to win on the four and a two dollar exacta um back wheel all to the four well the four got second but some 60 to one bomb got in first place and my two dollar exact ticket paid 300 so i was forced to buy dinner but i'll tell you what uh, he's very good at horses and i listened to what he said in the preakness uh to to bring up your uh to answer your question uh he is looking at the three and the four medina spirit and Crowded Trade, and he's gonna use uh, both of those uh, in an exacta, and he's using Medina Spirit straight up on the nose.
2: Medina Spirit, and what was the other horse? The number four horse, Crowded Trade. Mm, I know a sharp horse handicapper from New Jersey named Scott that likes that horse as well. Uh, Midnight Bourbon was a horse I was looking to play. Crowded Trade, the four, I might have to throw in there this weekend. So. That'd be a nice little, you know, exacto box. If uh, again, I'm, I'm in the horses. I'll tell you, it, I'm the, not playing Medina Spirit uh, with everything that happened last week. How can you not? If you know he's got Mother's Little Helper, okay, we have it this week. To, yeah, you know, well, go back off the drugs.
1: We'll we'll ha- we'll see. If there were no drugs, um, like he contends, and most of my horse players disbelieve. But if there were no helpers then maybe that horse runs well in this race uh, we'll have to see I, I can tell you that in a situation where you got the cubs or the cardinals or the yankees or the red sox or the packers or the bears handicapping those kinds of events i have my hands full mm-hmm. but give me a, a a slate of 10 horses and i can tell you i'm probably not your handicapper
2: yeah it's a tricky race to handicap here because uh you know, I was with a, a group of horse guys watching the uh, Derby, and they a couple of them bet on Baffert, and they said, we're, we're betting on Baffert because he's the best juicer, juicer in the business. Uh, and, you know, who knows what that horse's condition is going to be going into the race uh, this week with everything that's happened. I'm not crazy about the Preakness this week, but um, the five-horse midnight bourbon, and uh, maybe I'll throw the four on there as well. All right, let's get to UFC 262. That's the main event for you this weekend. That's why you drove up. That's why I'm here. Yeah, Las Vegas, staying at the South Point, and the main event's not always the best bet on the card. Seldom is, but uh, let's talk about that one first and how you expect that to play out.
1: Just going to be such a great, such a great fight. Two very, very worthy candidates. Even though Chandler just arrived to the UFC and has only had one fight there, he served his time in the in Bellator and the. And, and bringing his way his game up to get to the UFC. Uh, the issue is, is he's 35 years old, and if he can't get this done early, I think that Oliveira, the longer this fight goes, the more it's going f- it to turn to Oliveira's favor. Uh-huh. And I think that the key to Oliveira is going to is going be to not do what Dan Hooker did in the last fight. And uh, Chandler came right at Hooker, and Hooker immediately backed up and was trying Trying to maintain distance in order to use his longer frame to hit Chandler and he got knocked out. Oliveira must be the other male ram on the side of the mountain and he must meet the right in the middle and establish respect from the beginning. Uh, From there, he needs to be, in my opinion, somewhat guarded and fight a smart fight and do anything in his power to get this to the second round. If this fight hits the second round, I really believe Oliveira gains in confidence and momentum from that point on, and I I believe this would be his fight. I also like the over two and a half rounds, which is a nice plus price as well, Matt.
2: All right. so uh, how did you bet that and uh, what prices? I think that's uh, important to mention always what price you bet on those.
1: Yeah, it it is and and I I hate to be that guy that goes in and always says I got this, I got 100 to 1 but you guys can get 50 to 1 but this was written up in Point Spread Weekly earlier in the week all of the year was down to minus 125 and that's where I got this Um, I still have not bet the over two and a half rounds because the tsunami wave of Chandler bettors are still coming in, and that's a correlated play to the under. So I think I'm going to gain a couple pennies on that over, and so I'll be patient on that
2: one. Okay, so over 2.5 plus 155 right now at Circus Sports, and a uh, little there at minus 145. Sir, could be you laid 135 on that fight.
1: A one and a quarter earlier in the week. But I actually handicap Oliveira. you know, maybe a minus 180. Now, that's going to be heresy to many people, especially Mm -hmm. our special guest later in the show, Nick Kalikas. But but that's how I view it.
2: Okay, well, Tony Ferguson's back. uh, He's on this card as an underdog. And uh, Ferguson, the last time I watched him fight, got the stuffing beat out of him. And uh, sometimes when that happens, a guy who has a long winning streak stopped and suddenly he's mortal and uh, gets beat up pretty bad, he's not the same fighter anymore. Uh, what is? What about Tony Ferguson here in the underdog role, and do you like him?
1: Yeah, Gaethje definitely took the equivalent of three fights out of Tony he's Ferguson a year ago. Yes, he sure did. And then Ferguson comes back in December and fights Charles Oliveira on the main card tonight um and and really was dominated on the ground now he fights daniel dariush dariush is a fighter uh, very similar to tony ferguson in that their skill sets are similar and they're both they both can be very reckless uh, ferguson's a little more forward and we'll talk a little more uh, manure and Benil dariush is somewhat cerebral and, and introverted uh i dariush took three attempts to weigh in today he had a tough cut and uh ferguson has been very outspoken in wanting to go right out after dariush Darius, in interviews has mentioned that he can be as crazy as tony ferguson and that really really scares me because dariush his path to victory is to simply do and mimic the Charles Olivier plan, mm-hmm. take Tony down to the ground, wrestle him up, and control him there. If Darius gets cute on the feet of Ferguson, Ferguson has the power to knock him out, and Darius has been wobbled before. Uh, the closer I get to this, fight, the more I'm leaning to Tony Ferguson.
2: Okay. Ferguson plus 140 at Circa as we speak. Lou Carl. follow him on Twitter at GamLew, gamb Lou, and also read him on Point Spread Weekly every week to be seen digital magazine. Lou, before uh, we finish up this hour, tell the listeners what your best bet is on this card. and It's a nice big card with a lot of betting opportunities on it, and you told me before you might have six, seven, maybe eight bets on this card.
1: I, I, there are. When, yeah. when we watch tomorrow night, I'm going to list them down, and we're going to take them one at a time, and I really try and limit myself to four releases a week but if the value there we're going to try and attack it and the best value on the card for for me in my opinion and my handicapping takes place on the undercard and we have an english fighter named grundy he is a unrelenting forward pressure wrestler uh, he fights at 145. He's taking on a guy named Lando Venata, who has spent his career at 155. And it's been an uneven career, if I'm going to be complimentary. Uh, Venata is a, a jack of all trades, but a master of none. He's, he's worthless on the ground. Uh, A somewhat flamboyant but wild striker. And the cut from 55 to 45 is what I'm focusing on here, mostly because I think it's going to affect Venata's output and his gas tank. And for that reason, the wrestling, the unrelenting wrestling pressure of Grundy opened at 195 now minus one twenty, I think that move is absolutely wrong, and I'm going to gobble up as much Grundy as
2: I can. All right, Grundy minus one twenty five at circa. Uh, why did? Why has this number dropped so much? Uh, why is the money come in on Vanata?
1: Uh, well, that's a great question. If I go out, I mean, when that fight shows up tomorrow night, we we go out and we see that Grundy only has one arm. We'll know that <laughs> I missed a handicap somewhere. Uh, you know, Vanata has the name. He's been in the UFC longer, and he's the domestic fighter. Maybe that has something to do with it, or maybe some people like him or his camp, but uh, I'm not buying it. I, I think Grundy was priced correctly at minus 195, and at minus 120 or 125, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to making a position on, on uh, Mike Grundy.
2: All right, UFC 262 in uh, downtown Houston tomorrow night, and fans are going to be back. It's going to be a packed house
1: fans are back and not only fans Texas fans so they're going to be loud uh, they're going to have plenty of adult beverages in them and I think it's going to be a really special uh, evening at the Toyota Center
2: I uh, Yahoo Sports put this up uh, the gate for UFC 262 uh, will be 4 million dollars it's an arena record breaking the previous Mark UFC set with 3.55 million fans are hungry for live sports should be a great atmosphere and that's the truth i uh, I just think, when's the last time you saw a sporting event live?
1: I, maybe the last time uh, you and Randy McKay came down to Phoenix to, uh, to play golf, and I'm not sure I can call that a sporting event. But – but you're, I get your,
2: I get your drift. Uh, For a lot of people, it's been about a year and a half until and they've and attended. I will tell you how Some I see sport. it. I,
1: I haven't been to any live sporting events, but coming from Phoenix and visiting Las Vegas, the streets are full, the airport's packed. There's lines in getting into the
2: South Point. That wraps uh, up hour number one. We'll be back on uh, my guess, Desert V Sin Esports Betting Network.